Hello, friends. It's always a joy to be with you. What a blessing to be alive. Thank you for meeting here once again and allowing me into your space while we do life together. Last week, we started a conversation on relationships. And one of the things I mentioned to us was that if you have lived long enough, you know by now that relationship matters. Yes, relationship matters. You can never make it in life without meaningful relationships. And every relationship you are involved in will supply you something, whether good or bad. Ladies and gentlemen, our greatest need in life is not money or things. Our greatest need in life is meaningful relationships. When we say relationships, what exactly are we talking about? What is a relationship? A relationship is any connection between two or more people which can be either positive or negative. You can have a relationship with a wide range of people, including family, friends, associate, etc. The phrase being in relationship, while often is linked romantically, can refer to a variety of associations a person has with another. Relationships are a gift from God, but they are also very complicated to navigate. They can be uplifting and encouraging when they go right, yet confusing and hurtful when they go wrong. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul the Apostle says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in life. It means that everyone you are connected to supplies you something. When God wants to birth a destiny and a future, he births a relationship. When the enemy wants to destroy a future and a destiny, he births a relationship. Relationships matter. Therefore, we need to have relational intelligence. Relational intelligence is the ability to define and align our relationships properly. It rests on the revelation that everyone is to be loved biblically without conditions. Everyone is to be valued equally because everyone is equally valuable in the eyes of God. But everyone should be treated differently. Did this preacher just say I should treat people differently? Yes, that's exactly what this preacher said. Treating everyone right, treating everyone justly, does not always mean treating everyone the same. There is a difference between differentiation and justice. They are not the same. Just because you handle some differently does not mean you are handling them unjustly. This is one of the reasons why relational intelligence is crucial. I have seen in my personal life and in my pastoral ministry that people's greatest joy and greatest pain come from the same place, relationships. I have seen it too many times to count. Greatest joy 
and greatest pain is embedded in relationships. A young boy was praying and said, Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love everybody in the whole world. He goes on further to say, There are only four people in my family, and I'm having a hard time loving all of them. Can you relate? The truth is, everyone listening to this right now has some trouble, some emptiness, some loneliness, some fear, some sickness in their family, and everyone is searching for something. The question is, in trying to fill that void, that desire, or fix that thing, what are we really looking for? Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. The thing we are really searching for is Jesus Christ who meets the deepest needs of man and he alone can meet your needs. That's the first need. But aside from Jesus, we also need human relations and human connections. Whilst need for human connection appears to be innate, the ability to form healthy, loving relationships is learned. Interpersonal relationships make up a huge and vital part of our lives. These relationships can range from close and intimate to distant and challenging. No matter the nature of the relationship, different types of people help make up the social support network that is pivotal for your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental well-being. We need healthy relationships. Healthy relationship needs commitment. Commitment is staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you said it in has left you. Kenneth Blanchard, an American author and management expert who wrote the book Lead Like Jesus said, every relationship is different but can fit into one of three categories. Number one, some people come into our lives for a reason. Most relationships are very short and okay for specific seasons and reasons. Sometimes they come and they go away forever. Other times they are ongoing but intermittent. These relationships need only brief periodic cultivation. The nature and purpose of the relationship will determine the energy and time needed to cultivate it. Number two, some people come into our lives for a season. This type of relationship lasts only for a period of time. These relationships may last only a few weeks or as long as several years. Many times they are related to our current circumstances or situations. But just because they are temporary doesn't mean they are not important. The cultivation of this type of relationship should just match the season. Relationships with our children, teachers, and coaches are often seasonal. So are many work relationships. Perhaps you work for a boss you enjoy, but the work is the only bond between the two of you. And when you move on to another job, you have little reason or occasion to keep in touch. 
sometimes that's just the way these relationships work out. And it's okay. Number three, some people come into our lives for a lifetime. The third kind of relationship is ongoing and it's permanent. These are few and very special. And if we want to keep them healthy and encourage them to grow, we must give them continual cultivation. Otherwise, they are likely to shrivel and die. Our closest friendships are most valuable to us. And like anything of value, they cost us something. We cannot neglect them and expect them to thrive. Playwright George Bernard Shaw once wrote a note to his friend Archibald Henderson, which read, I have neglected you shockingly of late. This is because I have had to neglect everything that could be neglected without immediate ruin, and partly because you have passed into the circle of intimate friends whose feelings one never dreams of considering. End of quote. Shaw must have realized that his relationship with his friend was in desperate need of rehabilitation, and he desired to save it. What price can you put on a great relationship? The most important relationship anyone has in this world is the one with a spouse. Men and women are so different that it's not always easy to cultivate a good and natural relationship with each other. There is a difference between commitment and interest. When you are interested in doing something, you do it only when it is convenient. But when you are committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. For our time together today, I want to share a few tips on ways to keep cultivating important relationships. What does it mean to cultivate a relationship? Whether it's a spouse, a parent, or a friend, you can start to cultivate a healthy, growing relationship by focusing on the following things. Number one, commitment. In Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17, the Bible says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A true friend doesn't love sometimes. He or she loves at all times. Deep commitment to the relationship is one of the greatest assets a married couple can have, but it's also a characteristic of all intimate relationships. Political theorist Thomas Paine asserted, what we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too little. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Every long-lasting relationship suffers strains and setbacks. And no two people agree on everything. Even the best friendships can expect to face conflict. The question is, what are you going to do when faced with challenges? How committed are you to each other and the relationship? Are you more dedicated to maintaining the relationship or to avoiding conflict? Your answer just might determine whether your relationship is lifelong or merely temporary. The wise man again says in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, 
but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I will leave you to ponder that one. Number two, it's communication. How can a relationship form without communication? It often begins with easy communication. Hello here and hello there. Sometimes a spark easily ignites a friendship. It deepens with more difficult communication. Author Sidney J. Harris believes that it is impossible to learn anything important about anyone until we get him or her to disagree with us. It is only in contradiction that character is disclosed. And it is sustained with intentional communication. Number three, friendship. Critic Samuel Johnson remarked, If a man does not make new acquaintances as he advances through life, he will soon find himself left alone. A man, sir, should keep his friendship in a constant repair. End of quote. That goes for old friendships as well as new ones. I think we sometimes take for granted the people closest to us, and as a result, we neglect to try being good friends to them first. Relationships must be discerned. There are people God is going to connect you to that may not seem like they have anything to offer you. In the book of Ruth, Naomi is going back to Bethlehem like Ghanaians returning from Agege. She has nothing to offer Ruth, but Ruth has enough conviction and discernment to understand that Naomi may not have anything to offer now, but she is her connection to her Boaz. Ladies and gentlemen, a true friend is one who sees you at your worst but never forgets your best. A true friend is one who thinks you are a little bit more wonderful than you really are. One who can talk with you for hours or be with you in complete silence. One who is as happy for your success as you are. One who trusts you enough to say what he or she really means when talking to you. A real friend doesn't try to appear to know more, act smart, or be your constant teacher. Real friends are refreshing. Real friends make us better. Real friends remain faithful. Author and pastor Richard Exley said, A true friend is one who hears and understands when you share your deepest feelings. He supports you when you are struggling. He corrects you gently and with love when you err. And he forgives you when you fail. A true friend prods you to personal growth, stretches you to your full potential. And most amazing of all, he celebrates your success as if it were his. End of quote. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful that people don't talk you out of your covenant relationships. I tell my friends, it is not important what others may say about us. Even if it were true, we have a covenant relationship. Nobody should come to you and destroy your friend to you. 
You should come to a place where you say to your friend, you may have done what they said you did, but I don't care. I am in a covenant relationship with you. An acquaintance of Socrates, one day came up to him and said, Do you know what I just heard about your friend? Hold on for a minute, Socrates replied. Before you talk to me about my friend, it might be a good idea to take a moment and filter what you are about to say. The first filter is truth. Have you made absolutely sure that what you are about to tell me about my friend is true? Well, no, the other man replied. Actually, I just heard about it and all right, said Socrates. So you don't really know if it is true or not. Now, let's try the second filter, the filter of goodness. Is what you are about to tell me about my friend something good? Um, no. On the contrary. So, Socrates continued. You want to tell me something about my friend. That is bad. But you are not certain it is true. Well, he said, you may still pass the test though. Because there is one filter left, the filter of usefulness. Is what you want to tell me about my friend going to be useful to me? The acquaintance replied, no, not really. Well, concluded Socrates, so what you want to tell me about my friend is neither true, nor good, nor even useful. Why tell it to me at all then? Friend, I believe we can all take some wisdom from this story and use it as a compass for our daily lives. If you have nothing true, good, or useful to say, why bother saying it at all? You should never betray your friend. God forbid, I pray it doesn't happen to you. But if your friend falls, be sure to be there for them and never betray them. It is called loyalty. Understand this hard reality. Your relationships will be challenged, but your covenant and your loyalty should keep you going. Bible says, let us know no man after the flesh. Always remember what the wise man said. A friend loves at all times, not walk away in your bad times. We may not agree on everything, but we are in a covenant relationship. Let us go beyond our idiosyncrasies and rumors about each other. I'm no prophet of doom, but a time is coming where you will face disaster in this life because of our fallen nature. Your confessions will be okay, but you will face something bigger and the only safe place you can go are the relationships you have taken time to build and cultivate. Acts chapter 4 verse 23 Bible says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported 
all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. They went to their own companions. Where do you go to in times of trouble? In the midst of your storm, I know you have God and the Holy Spirit, but do you have someone with flesh and bones you can run to? A little boy was asked repeatedly to go to bed, and he asked his father if he would sleep by him because he was afraid. His father said he should not be afraid because Jesus and the Holy Spirit will be with him. He said to his dad, I know, but can I have a Jesus with flesh and bones lying by me? <laughs> Sometimes all we need is a Jesus with flesh and bones by our side. Number four, memories. I believe that shared memories are a wonderful source of connection and bonding for people. Have you ever gone to a school reunion or met up with friends you haven't seen for 10, 20, or 30 years? What helps you to reconnect almost instantly? It is the memories of your shared experiences. Last year, I had the privilege of going to such a class reunion. And boy, was it refreshing to see all these friends as we talked over food and drinks, reminiscing over the good old school days. Value the memories. I want to remind you again, in the words of Thomas Paine, what we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too little. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Number five, growth. Benjamin Franklin said, promise may get friends, but it is performance that keeps them. When you begin any friendship, it is full of promises, but you have to find ways to keep it fresh and intact so that it grows and continues growing and not just good memories, but that it grows. One way to do that is to grow together. I know it may sound like a broken record, but it is important that the relationship grows. Number six, spoiling each other. Voltaire wrote, if the first law of friendship is that it has to be cultivated, the second law is to be indulgent when the first law has been neglected. You can't go wrong spoiling anyone, except perhaps your children. And even that is hard not to do. I try to extend small kindness to my friends all the time. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 26, Bible says, And when David came to Ziglag, he sent off the spoil unto the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. 
Let your friends and family members know how much you care as often as you can. Nancy Reagan, wife of the late former President Ronald Reagan, said, I am a big believer that you have to nourish any relationship. I am still very much a part of my friends' lives and they are very much part of my life. A first lady who does not have this source of strength and comfort can lose perspective and become isolated. End of quote. That is not only true of people in the public eye. It is true for all of us. The friendships we develop with others enrich the quality of our lives. But we cannot sustain them if we can't and don't cultivate them. Friends, I have really enjoyed our time together and getting to know each other these past months. Unfortunately, I have to take a short break. I will be back for season two in September. Until then, if we don't meet again on this side of heaven, I would like to remind you that one of these days, there's going to be a dinner in Papa's house. And I hope to see you at the dinner table. And lastly, if this content has been a blessing to you, please subscribe and share it with your friends and family so you and I can together be a blessing to them. And if you are ever in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota, come by and visit us in person at Christ Covenant Chapel located at 5452 DuPont Avenue North in Brooklyn Center. You may also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify. I will see you at the top, for that's where you belong. Shalom. Shalom.